We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today I'm joined by a man who's only here because his house is being raided. It's Chris. And I need to hide here, because once authorities raid it, they're going to come looking for me. Because they're going to find things that they shouldn't find. Such as? Never mind, I don't want to know. Illegal bananas. Illegal bananas? I got them into the country without paying tax. Oh, okay. Do you pay tax on bananas? Probably. You pay tax on everything. Oh. Yeah, they ain't got the tax paid on them. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, bananas aside, Chris, let me take you back to 2011. A simpler time where the movies were made in Indonesia. Well, this one was. It's the raid we're doing today. Yes, finally. Directed by Gareth Evans, who has done a number of other films, uh, mostly martial arts based. I think the first thing he directed was a martial arts documentary. And he sort of worked his way up until he managed to secure a budget for The Raid. Uh, his original title, or its working title, was uh, Death Raid. A bit on the nose. <laughs> yeah, The Raid sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, IMDB credit it as The Raid Redemption, but I've never heard it called that before. No, I've got it on a DVD. It's just called The Congratulations. Raid. Congratulations. Jo- join the club. And when you when you play it, it just says The Raid, but when you read about it online on Wikipedia and stuff, it says The Raid Redemption. I think that's my... That might be what it was called in like Indonesia, like its full title possibly, and they just shortened it to the raid here. I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce what its uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Indonesian name is. Uh, apologies for mispronouncing all of the Indonesian names. I know Chris will just call them the brother or the main guy. Or I'm going to call them the character names because it's easier. I'm going to try and call them the character names. Mad Dog, Rama... Andy. <laughs> Andy. I didn't I looked at that on IMDb and was like, can it be that simple? Or, well, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem uh, like an Indonesian name, does it? Because everybody else is like the sergeant's like Chugga and all this lot, isn't he? Is it Chugga or ja- it's Jack- Jacka? Jacka. Jacka Jacka fuck I fucked it already. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the point is, we're very sorry for butchering any Indonesian uh, mispronunciations. And I'm going to continue that with um, the martial arts style. Um, it's based on a... Or most of the fight scenes are based on the choreography or the fighting style uh, of an Indonesian martial arts called Penka Sil- Silka? Silta? Yeah, I read it last night and I just breezed over the word. I was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. I did. And I fucked it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's based on that uh, that fighting style. Pretty rough, isn't it? Poor, it was, punchy, crunchy. It was choreographed by the actor that plays Mad Dog, Police, in his, per, uh, in his film Rama. They both choreographed the fight scenes in yeah. this. Well, Mad Dog, the the actor that played him, used to work with like special forces and police and stuff, and he he's legitimate. He, I Don't know. fuck with him if you see him on the street. But he cannot compete in tournaments because he became a referee and he, he didn't realise it excluded him from doing tournaments himself. I mean, yeah. that's good for all the other competitors because <laughs> yeah. at least they stand a chance now of winning. But because he's fast. he's uh, th- Everyone in this is unbelievably fast. Yeah. And you, you can't teach that kind of speed you've you've either got those reflexes or you haven't and oh it's yeah. the, the action let's just let's just talk about it let's just <laughs> talk about the fights each shall we let's just fanboy out on on <laughs> all the punchy crunchy action because first off it's shot really well now the danger with i'm thinking of born in particular yeah the the latest born film that came out a few years ago that tries for the punchy crunchy action 
But the problem with that is they do the handheld camera stuff, which I don't mind, to, to get you up close and personal into the fight. But they just shake it. Yeah. They take the camera and they just just shake it, which isn't... It's meant to, like, add pace or unsteadiness or something, but they it overdo nausea. it. <laughs> they overdo it in Born, and it does go to sort of nausea sort of levels. But in this, it's handheld. There's a bit of shake, but it doesn't impact the the framing of the shot you can still see who's fighting who yeah and all the punches landing and stuff and you still get up close and it's a t- testament that all the punches look like they're connecting and all the kicks yeah. and stuff and it's done at such a pace it's not like an enhanced pace it's the actors really going at that speed and and that ferocity and it's yeah it's choreographed really well i know it's all set in the same sort of place sort of environment but all of the fights they have a different feel don't they again like you said they're all inside the building at the apartment complex but especially my favorite fight scene is when rama and andy take on mad dog okay on one situation that's probably my favorite fight scene it's just brutal isn't it yeah because it's a it's a blank room there's no like a basement area or something isn't it but it's not an actual it's not in the basement but that's what you you think it's it is it's a like torture a, room isn't it essentially it's bare walls originally I think it was meant to be a boiler room but yeah it's now a torture you room can, you can change boiler can rooms into torture rooms yeah I know many a service <laughs> that would do that for you but no it's a blank room and it's just the action and the threat comes from mad dog just beating up these two guys it's not like there's lava and everything no it's, it's a fairly simple place to have a final fight, but because Mad Dog's been set up as a, a legitimate threat, that that's where the the danger comes from. And he does beat both of them. They yeah. they get a cheap shot on him with a bit of what glass light thingy from the um what type uh, fluorescent tube. That was it. That mm. they stabbed him to his neck. Yeah. Well, my brother was watching this and he said that's not correct because apparently fluorescent tube is very fragile. Yeah, and when they stabbed it and started to cut, it would have shattered in his hand. There's um a number of wrestling matches over in Japan. Japan are crazy when it comes to wrestling. Okay, and they do uh, these these um I think I can't remember what they're called, but they use fluorescent tubing as weapons, and I think it shortens wrestlers' lives because when they get cracked with them, all the glass uh, turns into dust and they breathe it in. And that cuts up your lungs and stuff. So that <laughs> stuff is nasty. But yeah, as a as a stabby thing, it's probably not the best weapon to no. use. But you know, we can forgive the raid for that we can, one. We can for that one oversight. I think my favourite fight scene in this is the machete hallway fight. That's good. That's got the best kill in it. When he grabs the gun, he jumps backwards through the door and impales his throat on the the shattered door frame. Brutal, isn't that it? That is that's favourite kill. <laughs> Is there wire work in that? Because there are a few moments where I'm not entirely... I'm, I'm sure you could get that kind of leaping because when he jumps back and pulls yeah. his head... Is that wire work or... I don't think it is. Clever I think, stump work. I think that's him, but I also think that's the guy who's going to be killed. He's jumping forward as well, isn't he? He's putting force into the jump as yeah. well. I don't think there is any wire work. I think they're both really going for it. The Raid 2. Have you seen that? Are there... I've seen it once a very long time ago. I need to rewatch it. I wasn't able to watch The Raid 2. I watched part of it, but the only copy I could find was um, subtitled. Which brings me to the the immortal battle between subbed and dubbed. Do you, do you prefer English subtitles or English dubbing? I normally prefer dubbing, but I don't mind having to do subtitles if I have to. 
I was actually thinking before we started, I should watch this film again because I've never watched it in subtitles. I've always watched it dubbed. And uh, so I think I might watch it again in subtitled, hear what their normal voices are because none of their voices really match them, to be honest. And none of their voices seem to match their facial expressions. And then it's not synced up very well either. I no. find the best way to get over this is when they're talking, just don't look at their mouths. <laughs> yeah, just look at their eyes. Yeah, don't look that's at the, pretty much. The, yeah, I can't do subtitles because I'm a very slow reader <laughs> and I, I would not be able to keep up with the fi- the film. And that's part of the reason I couldn't watch The Raid 2 because that's slightly more story-driven, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's a, It goes into a lot more because there's a bit in the first Raid near the end of the film where um corrupt lieutenant has got the drug lord and the drug lord says, oh, Reza. Reza knows all about all this because you're sitting there thinking well who the hell's Reza yeah and all of Ray 2 is about this it's all about the corruption of the police force high government officials uh, Rama is trying to bust this and there's a lot more storytelling in the Raid 2 I mean the Raid 1 story is very simple it's is an apartment drug guys at the top we're just going to go through either killing or capturing everybody and take him out which is what I like about it just very simple yeah it's summed up in the tagline isn't it 20 cops 30 floors of hell even though there's only 15 floors apparently i read so yeah the tagline is wrong but no yeah so i i go for the dub i know dubbing sort of messes up like you say the voice acting sometimes doesn't match up with the emotion that yeah. the characters are showing and it also messes up like the punching uh audio and and stuff like that because they have to i think they have to resound most of it because you've got to do the grunts and stuff well maybe they don't read up the grunts well i i would be a weird yeah i was thinking again when i was watching the mad dog versus the police sergeant i think that was the actual grunts because when mad dog got knocked over and he got up and he went like that it sounded like how you expect him to sound yeah yeah, well he like done a little ground it sounded like him it didn't sound like the voice actor so i think the grunts were the actual actors they left in because you imagine the voice actors watching those scenes and they have to go Ah. Ah. Like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would take a long time and probably not uh, what the dubbing department would <laughs> would want to be <laughs> spending their with. time on. Yeah. yeah, like you said, it is a pretty straightforward story. A corrupt lieutenant brings a, t- a SWAT team of 20 strong to take out this uh, crime kingpin, Tamar, who is the lord, the king of this giant tower block, which is a no-go zone for different gangs and definitely a no-go zone for the police because they'll be killed on sight. The lieutenant wants to get rid of Tamar because he thinks he's going to be promoted into more lordly cop circles and stuff. But Tamar knows that they've sent the lieutenant into the building to be killed, basically. They don't want the lieutenant on their payroll anymore or something like that he's outgrown his usefulness or he's too old and they're going to get rid of him and this is the best way that they can think of by sending him and 20 other people or 19 other people to uh, a tower block to get murdered essentially yeah why not just kill him in the streets or something i mean i'm sure they can hire just some random person yeah and tama also threatens him by saying oh they're they're gonna get you eventually even if you do kill me it'll be there's someone will shoot you or there'll be a pillow that will smother you in the night i don't know maybe tama came up with this deal he wanted to kill the lieutenant because they've had like dealings in the past and maybe also tama wants to sort of um 
get rid of the weaker members of the the criminals that live in his tower block and replace them with maybe some better ones or some people that pay better rent or or whatever you know your classic landlord classic stuff. landlord stuff <laughs> yeah. i'm thinking they sent him in there in the hopes that he would reach tama and kill him but then die in the process two birds one stone okay yeah that would be a good idea perhaps so like we, we don't want tama anymore you know he's causing us too much hassle and associates lieutenant dude let's just send them against each other yeah so that sets up the story the lieutenant is the only one that knows the SWAT team have no backup when shit does turn sideways which it does on I think like the fifth or sixth floor so far they've been going up the stairs very methodically and tactically breaking into all of the apartment blocks and tying up the residents and I think leaving cops with them just to make sure that they don't escape and um, yeah they get to one of the floors and there's a kid just walks out of his room and manages to signal to Tama that the police are in the building. Yeah. And Tama offers the residents, hey, if you kill a cop, then you get to live here rent-free forever until you're killed or whatever. So oh. that's obviously a very tempting uh, bounty for these um, criminals. So they go hell for leather and action and carnage and shoes. Uh, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. The, the opening gunfight that happens in the like the stairwell bit, that's initially where they're on the dark and you've got the people up on the this, the next floor above looking down and they're in the dark, aren't they? And there's a bit of tense moment of, wait, is there somebody there? And then one shot goes off which lights up and it's just an absolute bloodbath after that point. Yeah, gunshots everywhere. Yeah, I, I enjoy that as well. Loads of police being taken out. Then you get the point where they all run into an apartment and they're trying to survive being attacked from the front and, you know, they break down to the apartment beneath them, don't they have an axe and then they yeah. have to survive that. I mean, I think that's a good way to sort of clear out most of the police because you knew they're going to kill off most of the police to, so they can focus on a few. They're not going to keep so many alive. Yeah, and they mostly get wiped out in that initial gunfight yeah. and uh, the cops are picked off one by one by the residents that have managed to escape and there's a bunch of snipers and the transport that they use to get there is Which I thought would have been bulletproof. Yeah, I'd have thought the windows would have been bulletproof as yeah, well. Yeah, for a, like a SWAT van type thing. Maybe the lieutenant couldn't couldn't afford it <laughs> couldn't no yeah couldn't get what managed to swing one of them because this whole mission is is off the books so maybe he couldn't get the right paperwork to find a bulletproof <laughs> van or you know just plot convenience you need the drivers out of the way you need it to be a no escape yeah. place so that's the best way to do it and there's snipers and stuff that yeah. are wandering around that was a cruel scene where i think are they brothers or father and son or something one of them's younger and misses a shot and he goes no let him scream. Oh, yeah, to draw the other one out, yeah. Yeah, just to draw the cops to look Clever. out the window. And then they pick them off like that. So, yeah, it's a... That's it's clever. A, it that's is. That's good tactics. They've done this before. It's bru- yeah. Well, you get that sense that Tamma's constantly having to fight off rival gangs and stuff. Yeah. Or has had to in the past and stuff like that. When did the police cross the line, Chris? Is it when one of them kills a man with an axe? Cross at what? You're saying too, too, too <laughs> violent? The lieutenant, the corrupt lieutenant shoots the kid through the neck, the first spotter. Yeah. So he's already killed a child at this point, but then he's corrupt anyway. But no, I think them attacking one of the residents with an axe was warranted, <laughs> considering well, the, their the situation. Resident, the resident had his back turned anyway. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's him and two others are beating up the uh, the sergeant. Yeah, but I don't think an axe is a. It was cool. Baton? They have batons because Rammer uses a baton in a knife fight. Yeah, but I suppose he's already got the axe. But you with a baton, you can't stab them in the neck and drag them across <laughs> the floor, pull it out and stab them in the chest, can you? True. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. 
I mean, at this point, it is a kill or be killed situation. It is, so. and they've used up all their bullets, haven't they? That's another reason they have this big gunfight at the beginning because they're like, all the police got their thing. We need something to happen to all their guns are gone, their ammo's used up, so we can get into the hand to hand combat. I mean, that's a reason to get the cops to start using their fists, but it's not a reason for the residents to. Or maybe many residents don't have guns. Maybe Tama, or his name is, doesn't. He's like, I don't trust this in case we get like an inside man going on. Yeah, but I'll give like five of them AK 47s and stuff. The more trusted ones. He's probably got assigned people with guns. He knows he's got guns, so he calls them out. Okay. Like the machete gang. He probably knows they all have machetes. That's why he rings up and he's like, you know what to do. Do you think the police are right to throw a man out of the window so he does yes. this sound? <coughs> are they right to throw poor Wilhelm out of a window? Is this the one who jumps as he as he's in the apartment? He's jumping down to the next one. The guy just runs and grabs him midair and just throws just him out of the him way. straight out the window. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Kind of, he's just like, my time to shine. <laughs> and nope. Out the fifth story. Goodbye. He's dead. I fully agree with that. <laughs> it was a great moment. So yeah, you think, uh, okay, axing and Wilhelm screaming is, is I think, yeah, allowed. I think allowed every form of murder in this film was perfectly acceptable. <laughs> It is a particularly dangerous situation for the cops, yeah. Uh, especially when they get separated. Rami gets separated with a, a particularly foul-mouthed officer. Attitude problem, that guy, didn't he? He does, yeah. Even when he's been shot in the air, he's still not happy, is he? But then he had to have a bullet dug out of him with a blunt knife. Yeah, that's probably not the most smart thing to do. I mean, seal the wound, but leave removing the bullet to the professionals. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Rama was a professional. I'm he's a rookie police officer. He scooped it out with a butter knife. He does sit-ups in the morning. He knows what he's doing. Good sit-ups, that counts as medical care, yeah? Well, it worked, didn't it? it uh, the two are unrelated. It worked, though, didn't it? <laughs> Jacka and his band, uh, including the lieutenant, are separated as well. They get captured... Well, they get hunted down by Mad Dog who manages to separate Jacka, locks him in a, in an apartment room and they have a a showdown. Yeah, he's got a gun, hasn't he, Mad Dog? But he's like, I don't like using this, the hands. I like to feel it when I take a man's life. Mad Dog's not right, is he? He's, no, um, I think he's very might, sadistic. Yeah, I think that might be why they call him Mad Dog, Chris. There's <laughs> a, a subtle clue. But um, yeah, they have a punchy, crunchy fight. Jacka holds his own. He's got a few opportunities to try and uh, off uh, Mad Dog. But the thing is... Mad Dog, he's bloody Houdini in a fight. There's no hold that he can't escape from. Yeah. Like, either, either using his feet or his hands or his elbows, he'll, you grab him and he'll slither out and then continue to knee you in the face until you're so <laughs> dazed that you can't stop him slowly and sadistically snapping your neck. I mean, core talk about vicious. That's what Mad Dog prizes himself on, isn't it? His ability to fight and all this lot. Well, he's probably the best fighter in the film. D- definitely, yeah. He is, yeah. I mean, he never really gets beat. Like you said, it takes two people and a cheap shot to... To take him out, yeah. To I off mean, him. Even then, when we, when we get to that point, he's bleeding out of a tube out of his neck and he's still beating both of them up until yeah. the blood loss <laughs> weakens him enough. Having said that, though, I reckon I could beat Mad Dog. How? There's a gun on the table, Chris. It's not loaded. So you'd have to you'd have to stun Mad Dog enough or throw him far, far away enough to get to the gun and push the clip in. Yeah. Now, we've already said he's incredibly fast. He is, but there are a few moments where Jacka, like, throws him and it takes a second or two for Mad Dog to gain his composure. Go for the gun. Or they're in an apartment, so there's other things that you could use. I but think there's a chair in there. Whack him with the chair. Again, then, you go for the gun. You've just turned your back on Mad Dog. 
That's probably the worst thing you could do while yeah, fighting but if you, him. If you do it early enough, he's not concussed you or gone for the head or dazed you, so you should still be able to quickly grab it, just try and stay out of his way. I and it'll take, a, it'll take a split second for him to realise what's going on. His attention will then turn from fighting you to try and disarming you with the gun. Maybe then kick him in the nuts or something. So you'd have to, at the very start of the fight, You'd have to go straight for a grab or something. Something where you could throw and wind him initially. So you could then quickly get to the gun and back. Yeah, I mean, Jack has got the, the strength advantage because he catches a kick and like throws him into a wall and, and things like that. Yeah, so, height advantage as well. Yeah, reach, yeah. So he's got, he's got the tail of the tape is not in favour of Mad Dog, apart from the skill uh, factor. <laughs> yeah, which shits all over him. So. Yeah, it don't matter how tall you are if Mad Dog can chop you down. So you wouldn't go for the gun. What would you do then in that? I mean, what can you do against Mad Dog? That's what I'm asking at start, you. <laughs> at the start of the fight, they're sort of facing each other. Mad Dog just attacks. But it's not one. You know, a continuous flow of all these attacks. It completely overwhelms uh, the sergeant initially. And then when he does manage to get a few shots in, Mad Dog's just instantly recovered and straight back in there on you. You need to do something that's either going to really daze or stun him. Like Shoot a, him would stun him. Stu- it would. Like a... Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes thing where he slaps the ears. Yeah, um, most of the punches and kicks in this film do have a purpose, either to like block or take out a body part. I think Mad Dog's defence, though, would protect those vulnerable areas. He would, wouldn't and, he? And he's probably been hit in the head <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of times. So he can probably take like knee strikes and concussive ear claps or what. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they are <laughs> so uh, that might be tricky also the ear slap thing that's really easy to telegraph isn't it well yeah i suppose if both hands start swinging toward you know your head either side oh he's going for the old ear slap or he's going to applaud me for being a worthy competitor <laughs> but then mad dog his speciality is when he gets in really close isn't it yeah so like he can get out of grappling maneuvers and, and things like that he does so. and when he's in really close you, you see him when he's fighting the sergeant he's using all his knees and elbows and even grabs him that's a bit of jiu-jitsu there rolling him over and all this lot and going at him so i think you'd need to try and keep him at your arm length you let him in too close he's gonna he's gonna get off all these shots on you before you can do anything yeah but even striking he's there are very few weak points to him apart from the fact the only weakness he has is that he's not got eyes in the back of his head yeah, and a bit of an ego, isn't it? Because he's like, I can take both of you. Yeah. Which he can, actually. So yeah, he can, yeah. <laughs> it's a well-appointed ego, yeah. Is it a weakness if it's true? <laughs> well, it, it cost him that fight, didn't it? Because if he'd just done one of them at a time, he would have easily defeated both of them. But then we wouldn't have had a happy ending or a raid, too. No, I yeah. suppose not. Jacker gets beaten up. We, we talked about the hallway machete fight. That's really good. Uh, the drug lab fight, where we get the old lieutenant... Uh, oh yeah all the martial arts goes up the window there's just huge haymaker punches throwing over filing cabinets and stuff yeah really weirdly placed filing cabinets i might add they're just in the middle of the room it's convenient to crush people (laughs) it is and he looks like he's having fun punch you down on the floor and now i crush you Uh, there is one moment in the mad dog jagger fight where mad dog is thrown next to a uh, a wardrobe pull the wardrobe down on him what a mad dog yeah <laughs> and then go for the gun that would have helped that, that would have been good that that reminded me of, of of that so yeah the drug lab fight is yeah you got the two young sprightly officers going hell for leather and then just Doing that, the lieutenant just like <laughs> punch. well i can't do this martial arts that doesn't matter though huge aim maker <laughs> yeah well he's got the strength he's got yeah. old man strength i like the fact that they didn't have the lieutenant doing really fast 
close-up martial arts because when you look at his character you wouldn't think his character would be able to do that sort of thing anyway so yeah. i'm glad they didn't have him doing loads of <laughs> twirling around martial arts and you deflecting punches with your feet and everything yeah he's just your bog standard bread and butter yeah he's like i've done some amateur boxing let's do this yeah that's a good fight scene and it also varies the the settings a little bit as well the, yeah. the whole drug lab stuff so. yeah 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 that's good uh, the fight scene then, Mad Dog and the two brothers. Clarify more of the story. Rama's brother is one of um, Tamma's lieutenants. Andy. And they, they've had a falling out or something. Andy's not happy with uh, their popper. So uh, Rama's got a sort of second agenda on going on this raid where he wants to sort of get his brother back into the family. Uh, Tamma, though, he's got cameras everywhere and he manages to find a shot of Andy grabbing Rama and uh, instead of killing him... They're having a, a bit of a chat, so uh, Tama goes, never underestimate the the persistency of paranoia. That's <laughs> so, a good point, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, he captures him and gives uh, Andy to, to Mad Dog to torture, and, yeah, the two-on-one fight ensues. And yeah. It's brutal. It is. I mean, at this point, both Rama and Andy are injured. Andy was chained up and taking continuous mad dog punches <laughs> to the chest and stomach, so he's going to be pretty shattered from that anyway. I like the fact that mad dog lets Andy down, and then the two brothers next to each other, and mad dog waves his hand to separate them, and they do. But also, you'd have thought that having one on each side would have been a disadvantage to mad dog. You'd want them, like, both in front of you so you could but see where they are, but no. No, no mad dog wanted that. Yeah. And you can see why. Instantly, he just starts kicking the crap into both of them he does yeah he's using his kicks to block their kicks and punches and he's separating them dividing them and picking them apart one step at a time and it's a really well well done uh fight scene and yeah it ends when andy manages to grab a, a shard of uh, the uh fluorescent tubing and stab it in his neck that doesn't do enough to stop him though you see his blood sort of pouring out from the tubing but he's still going he's even still... more pissed off than before i know he's still deflecting both their attacks it's really really good to it watch. Is, yeah there's a moment where i think it's rammer catches uh, Mad Dog in midair where he goes for a kick on his brother but he grabs the other leg and pulls him straight down onto the floor that's, yeah, that's a, good point <laughs> that's a really well. good moment they're tripping over each other and then I th- they've managed to get Mad Dog down I think Andy's got the legs and Rama goes for the tubing in the neck he just holds it and then pulls it along the neck uh, finishing off the job and yeah that'll kill you a Mad that Dog will. but is he really dead because he's in the second film how different character it's okay same actor but he's playing a um is it his twin no it's like a mafia assassin like for hire type thing is he wearing a mask has he done anything to differentiate his face or well i've only seen the film once and to be honest i completely forgot he was in it rama doesn't go hey oh you look didn't i kill you once <laughs> wait I, I recognize you from somewhere um yeah you're that man that i killed after you nearly broke my neck <laughs> That's, I never forget a face. That's who you are. Don't don't deny it. I cut your throat while you're alive. So yeah, they they managed to take out Mad Dog, and then um, the lieutenant manages to uh, apprehend uh, Tama. He kills the other SWAT team uh, member. Yeah, that's with him. Who was doing really well, by the way. He survived all the way to that film. Yeah, had a great moment in the lab. And uh, yeah, he just shoots him in the face. And then the lieutenant's plan is to what walk all the way down with Tama and then at gunpoint yeah then I'm guessing kill him at the end he's probably thinking well if all the SWAT team's taken out there's nobody left alive to go oh this operation happened yeah, it was off the book so he's thinking we'll kill the SWAT team 
I use Tama to get out. We kill him. Nobody knows this had to happen. Well, people the would, would realise that it happened because they'd get into work tomorrow and go, hang on, we're missing a SWAT team and a bunch of equipment. Where did that go? And you'd be like, Lieutenant? He's got a black eye and he's bloody <laughs> and everything. i got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. You had a rough night <laughs> sleeping last night. I tell you what, I, I was at the pub and... Oh, oh. <laughs> Things got... I tell you what, I'm never drinking there again. One star on TripAdvisor. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> I mean, it's not a well-thought-out plan, is it? But... Yeah, or he's um, desperate, isn't he? That's that's all he's got. Uh, Tama taunts him and goes, "Hey, this this real nasty kingpin man, he's he's gonna get ya." Um, and then the lieutenant tells him to shut up, and then he shoots him in the head, and then he goes to shoot himself, but he's run out of bullets. Yeah, doesn't help before he fired off two shots at Rama and Andy because he bumps into them on the staircase, doesn't he? Yeah, he tries to take them out, but it's a revolver. Uh, the it's not an accurate weapon, so yeah. Uh, Andy gets the other injured security guy and sends him, the lieutenant and his brother, on their way. And Rama goes, "Hey, man, you can you can come with me." And he, the brother goes, "Nah, you, I can protect you in this world. Can you protect me out there?" It's like good point. And uh, they go their separate ways. And Andy is, I don't know, king of the tower block or whatever. Doesn't last for long because I think Andy's executed at the start of raid two. Huh. <laughs> well. Fuck. Basically, as consequences for what happens in the first film. Okay, I know the lieutenant is also killed as well. I can't remember that part, but I I, I remember Andy definitely dying because I was like, oh, he's done all this for that. Okay, right. Well, that's the raid, Chris. Brilliant film. I'm surprised you liked it. To be honest, I thought, I mean, I thought you'd be alright with the fight scenes, but I thought you'd you'd complain about like the weak story or something. No, Die Hard's one of my favourite films and it's a man in a building. It's the exact same. Jaws is one of my favourite films and the plot is simple. Shark eats people, police tries to arrest Shark. I know that's not what happens, but (laughs) 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 need a pretty big handcuff. But no, I can get on board with a simple story so long as it's done well. If it's a simple story that's done poorly, you lose points. Right, I get you. Okay, fair enough. It's a nice piece of toast. It's simple. But, you know, stick some proper butter on it and it's good. But if you fuck that toast and you burn it and you put crap butter on it, that is not a good bit of toast. It's a brilliant bit of toast. It's it's this metaphor gone too far. Yeah, kind of. I think it may have done. I think we should end the show before I I get more onto the The fine art (laughs) of cooking toast. (laughs) Chris, where can people find us? Uh, They can find us on iTunes, YouTube or Podomatic. How do people get in touch with us? Uh, in touch? Well, they can email us at wecouldsurvive.gmail.com or if you find us on Twitter at wecouldsurvive. On any of those platforms or anything like that, you can send us messages, leave reviews, comments, whatever. We'll read through them, get back to you, and all this like. And uh, send us recommendation for films that you want us to do. Yes. I actually had a recommendation given to me in person. By who? Uh, a work colleague. Where? I forgot, but I'll find out again. <laughs> he gave you a recommendation and you forgot. Yeah, and it's actually quite a good film. I, I, but I remember, you can't remember. No, but I remember thinking, oh, that's a good one, actually. I'm surprised we've not done that. Then I forgot. <sighs> Thank you for listening to We Could Survive That. <laughs> Your weekly survival guide to the movies. We're going to see you on next week for... I don't know. Not sure what, but until then, keep on surviving and don't raid. I mean, rave... Rave, but don't raid. Unless you're raiding a rave, in which case go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Goodbye.